0: Episode 19 Good evening Greetings from the toilet um, The toilet door Here's Marcello
1: Hyphen it, Vieira. Hush,
0: Vieira that's right, with his thing Gone
1: am for good, But you
0: should have known this
1: So that was Marcello,
2: Vieira,
0: Marce- Marcello dash Vieira for his SoundCloud account. That song drops, drops hard.
1: Cracking vocals as well.
0: It is, really high. Yeah. Really, he's a rock singer, isn't he? You can hear that. You can tell.
1: So Marcello got in touch with us when we put a, fo- a post.
0: A f- is that, that could be a new word for a Facebook post.
1: Yeah. Well done for calling that. Facebook you, post. Oh God. Are we going to pursue this? Hopefully not. Oh yeah, start again. So Marcello contacted us when we put a post up on Facebook about new music. He did. And, uh, and we slapped it up, sharing the love.
0: Straight away. So if that's you, if you want us to play your music, obviously it has to meet a certain standard. Let's be, fe- let's be honest Brutally
1: about it. Brutally honest yeah. about
0: it. If it's great, we'll stick it up,
1: yeah? Cool. So that's that. So we're here, this is... We actually moved away from the toilet.
0: Yeah, uh, we're not going to lie to you, this is the third attempt um, at this particular part of the show, because um, we sat outside the toilet at (laughs) the party that we're playing at, and obviously everyone's going to the toilet, and
1: and chatting chatting to us in Italian. So we've just, a little bit of an insight into what's going on tonight. It is a party, it's a wedding celebration, and um, we have got some new P.A., that we set up, haven't we? Yeah, and, um, a new desk. New desk, and we didn't really check, we didn't sort out our, our in-ears before we started, and um, they don't work. <laughs> the desk! So as you can hear, and this is no excuse, I know, but how compressed do I sound right now? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've
1: been blowing!
0: It's just a bit of a shock, yeah. isn't it? When you just, like, put your in, ear in and it's just... Crystal clear. All you can hear is the sound of your own skull. Yeah. And that's oh yeah! Oh, yeah, there you mean? Yeah. Out there, Normal. yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. right now. So, never mind. Yeah, uh,
1: gonna make do with that. Yeah, just the that they're the pitfalls of the business.
0: Yes, and the other pitfalls of the business are finding time to spend together to record a podcast that's not sat in someone's hallway. So that's a pitfall. tricky one, but we'd rather deliver the content than not deliver it.
1: <laughs> so compressed or not compressed? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, this shows with. Our good friend Ian Davidson. Ian is I don't know he doesn't seem very old, as in he's not very old, That's mm. what I actually mean to say. Um, but he knows so much. Yeah. He he has I the knowledge of a. F- yeah Well it's like he's had thirty extra years on the earth researching voice. Mm. Cause he knows his
1: shizzle, doesn't he? He really does, yeah.
0: So what we talk about in this uh, show And
1: it's not only that, he's got he's got one hell of an opinion on stuff as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, which you might get a glimpse of during this podcast,
0: and you know that's because he's a scouser. Is that what it is? Isn't it? And it, I'm not wrong to say that. He's not I? a taxi driver though, is he? Oh, so. we've, we've gone for two groups of people there. Generalising them <laughs> is that bad? Or well, you can get, you know, points of view. Getting such a points of view. If you're worried, if you if you don't like if that, you're offended. Sorry, sorry, we don't mean that. Anybody. Could have views
1: like he and anyone.
0: Anyway, he talks to us about, what does he talk about? Muc- mucosal membranes? Mm. Um, Tone
1: deafness, a study that he recently undertook himself.
0: Um, which had an amazingly weird turn and result, didn't it? Mm. Which is pretty cool. Fascinating. So we got loads of stuff, and we did answer questions in this show from you lot. So uh, listen out for your name. You might be famous. Mm.
1: On top of a mountain in uh, Santa Monica. Hello.
0: Oh yeah, forgot about that. Mm. Yeah, we were. So, uh, here's the interview anyway. Enjoy. See you at the end.
1: Good day. We are here today at Mount St. Mary's College in Santa Monica on the top of a beautiful, is it a mountain? I can't help but feeling you don't know what you're saying. Is it a hill?
0: <laughs> Either way. It is a mountain. Mount St. Mary's College. That's where we are. Where, is, where are we exactly? That's a cracking... Does anybody actually know? You know, Ian, don't you? Where are we? Uh, We're in the
2: Santa Monica Mountains.
0: Santa Monica Mountains, basically okay. what i said. For anybody who wants to know. Um, and we are sat in the sunshine. Um, Ian's getting it full frontal
1: at the moment. Nice. If you can, can visualise this, Chris and I are sat on a bench overlooking a mountain drop and Ian has his back to the drop on a little stool.
0: He's approximately two feet from his death at the moment. so Very secure.
1: Don't lean back.
2: Okay. Vision you rolling okay. down the.
0: But I do imagine if anything happens in this podcast, this could be one of the most listened to of the series. It could be, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this things up. Right. So, Ian, Ian Davidson, um, I'm going to uh, introduce you. Potentially, you might be embarrassed with this bit because people are, aren't they, when you yeah. say what their accolades yeah, are. Totally. Um, so, uh, Ian is a, a teacher was are you are you or were you uh where are
2: we in that little yeah that's a very interesting question moment i guess time. i've got two more paychecks okay so you're
0: still there two more paychecks from leaving his current position which is in the liverpool institute of performing arts lipper uh-huh. which is paul mccartney's old bean yeah yes essentially so he owns that um you've been teaching it I for don't 10 years paul mccartney
2: owns it paul mccartney owns paul, paul McCartney it, owns it. Let's clear that it's Complicated
0: one up. <laughs> But it's involved Massively And it's ten years? Yeah Ten years I've been working at Lippa Ten years Started out in gospel Actually Did. were a student there Weren't you? I was a student at Lippa Yeah Year 2000 And then For The next part of your life You're going to be going to Barcelona I am what's, what's the institute
2: there called? It's the Institute of the Arts Barcelona Or IAB Great. And it's a brand new school, which is in the town of Sitges, which is just outside of Barcelona, and specialising in performing arts degrees in dance, musical theatre, and acting. And I'll be the lecturer of singing there. That is amazing. From September.
0: And if you look at the website and check out the pictures of the venue... It's amazing. It's a wow venue, isn't it? It is. It's amazing. The courtyard... Yep. With all the... All the classes that open out into this courtyard. It is madness. It's fantastic. Yeah, so there's that. That's already full up Christmas number one holder <laughs>
2: yeah that is incredible again yep. talk to us about that uh, yeah I got involved with the justice collective which is a uh, a group of musicians who came together to raise some funding for the Hillsborough the the Hillsborough families um who are pursuing their case through the court right now so we recorded a version of he ain't heavy he's your brother and we got that to Christmas number one at the end of 2013? Good lord. Um, so that was fun, so I got to work with uh, Guy Chambers on that, which was amazing. Um, and so I'm the guy who arranged the, all the backing vocals, and I'm on the video for a second. <laughs> was that all part of the contract, was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. I tried to get to what they weren't having. Must it. have FaceTime. Must have FaceTime. But it wasn't really my face either, it was more of my, my side profile. <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> yeah, it was a shame. It was a shame, but you know... Ooh. You move on. <laughs> you do. You do. You just get over it. You do. I got a gold disc out of it, which is nice. That's yeah. incredible. So it's on my studio wall. And your studio is where? Tell us about that. My studio is on a, a street called Wood Street, which is bang in the city centre of Liverpool. Oh, if you right. could already
1: guess where he's from, I am from Liverpool. He is a scouser. I am a
2: scouser. And um, yeah, I work, I, well, I, I own a balanced vocal studio, which I co direct with um, a wonderful teacher called Kaya Herstag Carney, who's Scouswegian. Yeah. So she's a Norwegian who came to study at Lippa, and uh, she stayed. And she met her husband, who's a Scouser, and so she's a oh, Okay. Yeah.
0: Who's with us here, actually? Not here, but in the mountains. She mountain, was with us at the, us moment, at the yeah. Vocalize you summer camp on Mount St. Mary's. Which is where we are right now. That is that is one hell of a history, Ian. I'm going to applaud you. And so will I. And so we are lucky to have spent, what, the last... Eight days, nine days with you. Yeah. Um, at Vocalise, you uh, in LA training, teaching new artists, de- delivering workshops. Yep. You've done a gospel workshop here.
2: Yeah. Flash mob. Flash mob. Gospel flash mob at lunchtime. Good God. As you do.
0: And yeah. for anybody, that, for any of our American listeners and and other parts of the world who can't understand you. Yes. Um, the there is. A, there's a blog. As a blog you yeah. can just read it yeah that's true you know, I'm trying because uh, that's what happens while we're here doesn't it yeah you speak to an American and they just say what? I have no idea what you're saying yeah. how many yeah the first two days can I mumble as yeah, well yeah you do <laughs> Oh, I right,
1: I'm oh, sorry it was just you know I'm allowed to so.
0: and they, they don't know what you're
1: saying No,
0: and, th- and especially I've, in the workshops we've
1: just done the, because you get all excited and, and uh, go quick quick mumbling doesn't work <laughs>
2: Quick mumbling in slang. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: English slang. Yeah. And there is, there is a girl. She's, she's really awesome. But um, she is, uh, yeah, from uh, yeah. Montreal. Yeah. And she's oh, French, so she's French Canadian. Yeah, so okay. she is completely lost at wow, times. <laughs> in, in Steve's <laughs> mindset pep talks, she, <laughs> she hasn't got a bloody Scooby. I think what she, is she accepted said?
1: that she's not going to learn anything in that part. <laughs> <of
0: this>. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously the singing teaching
1: is a bit easier to convey. Yes. Uh, but the, yeah, the chat, yeah. pretty difficult. So here's the thing though, off the cuff, this is, this is unplanned. One thing for you and for you uh-huh. Your, f- your highlight of the week here. Oh, my life.
2: Um, there's been a copious amount of drinking.
0: Which which, um, I don't think which isn't actually part of the program <laughs> I'd like to add. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you've got to get off-mountain, haven't you? You've got to get off the mountain. you got to get off the
1: mountain. So if you're looking to mountain. develop your art, guys, this is where, the, this is where <laughs> <laughs> it's at.
2: <laughs> no, but seriously, there's been some fantastic voices here from, you know, all over the world and America and it's been a privilege to work with them, and it's been great, it's been phenomenally great to meet up with all the teachers in the network. There's been some amazing teacher training, Ingo Tietze, himself. Ingo
0: Tietze, yes, which we do actually have um, a
2: podcast to release with Ingo. Yeah, his daughter, Karen Tietze Cox, and the uh, fantastic Reena Gupta, MD.
0: Well, MD, doctor, doctor, world fame, world famous. She likes, she likes the words cold, hard steel, doesn't she? She do,
2: she said that a few times actually with relish.
0: Yeah, she does, and she sounds very sexy saying it. I might add. With the black scrubs. With the black scrubs and the clogs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we we
1: are pr- we're proud to well, proud proud probably in the word, but I mean over the moon to have them as part of our network, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Like, like, yeah. I think the word is cocka hoop.
2: Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. It is, what yeah. does that mean? I don't know. Well, I think who I am like... cock-a-who. That means I am made up. Made up. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And they are they are world famous people, so we have them almost at our disposal at times, much. don't we? Yeah, Especially we while they're here. Yeah. We can well, just go and talk to them.
2: I've messaged Rena already about referrals and via Facebook because we're friends. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've got a reply straight back. Mm. So. And Karen is
0: Karen has. Um, rigid strobe strobescoped all of us yep hasn't she? she so i like the way
1: you avoided the word scope but karen uses the word scope so she I'm, does I, use the word scope yeah so i'm happy
0: to use it now okay scope Rena doesn't like that by the way Rena, if you're listening Yeah. I'm sorry, sorry. Reena. and and i hope you favor me over the other two for using the correct terminology well, why do you want to be favored <sighs> i don't know maybe me and her could get married one day yeah We're already married with kids mate is she there's mm. issues there man all right should we get into the questions Probably. I think we should probably do that <laughs> as, you've, as you've dashed me She's just so awesome though she's, Yeah, oh. she, is. yeah she, is she, love. Is, she is She is like For a doctor Not stereotyping doctors not But so she has got some disclaimer. banter and she, she has
2: she's, Yeah she's witty Her presented
0: skills are amazing she's, she's like a Brit with an American accent Yes so That's slagging off the Americans again A little bit <laughs> right, first, <laughs> first question, so first,
1: first question. <laughs> What on earth is the first question? Oh,
0: the first question Actually thanks to Darren I think it's Darren Webster Yeah, I think it's Darren. Um, uh, First of all, I just wanted to say I love your podcasts on iTunes. Thanks very much. Uh, I am a freelance singing teacher slash musical director in Scotland, Glasgow, specifically, and I'm enjoying brushing up and learning new ways of teaching. Here's this tricky question. I've asked around a lot of vocal coaches about this and I've got some answers. Ones that have been tosh. (laughs) Yeah, he did use another word, I've inserted a new one. Yeah. Um, And not even true, but how do you teach vibrato? Now that is, it's not a tricky question, but what is vibrato, Ian? That's that's probably the trickier question. That is a really tricky
2: question. Vibrato is an oscillation in the voice. Um, For me, my understanding of it, it's almost just like it kind of relieves the air pressure under the chords and you get like this kind of undulating sound right on the tone. Um, It warms a sound, it warms a tone. Um, It covers a multitude of sins. It's very, very hard sometimes to sing a sustained note without drifting flat. A little bit of vibrato, cheeky bit at the end of the phrase. And am I right in saying
0: it? that's how it how it kind of originally crept its way into what? singing back in the 1600s or something? In opera, right? In opera, in opera yeah. When, when a note would tail off, air pressure drops as you sustain a note, yep. as you run out of breath, and vibrato, the upside of the oscillation, yeah. would meet the true pitch yep. as you declined as you off decline of
2: it. Off it yeah. But I also think there's a harmonic kickback as well. I'm using vibrato. Okay, um, so I, it ignites
1: certain harmonics more so.
2: I think so. I don't. I don't know if I should be quoted on that, but I certainly <laughs> think so.
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's just so much. There is so much unexplained, and everyone yeah. knows that, don't they? There's there's no there's no science on it. Well, it remains a phenomenon. That doesn't quote
2: it? unquote, wasn't it? That's what Ingo Titze said. So.
0: Yes. The, yeah. World famous voice researcher says it's not fully understood. No. But we do. But they do. Intimate towards um, an interaction between two muscles uh-huh. in the vocal cords. One is the vocal cord itself, or the muscle that runs through it called the vocalis muscle. Yeah, or the thyroarytenoid. Thyroarytenoid, TA for short. And that interacts, what gives you a higher pitch. Another muscle um, uh, connects to a piece of cartilage at the end of the vocal cord, which when that activates, it stretches the vocal cord, essentially, in simple terms. And an interaction between those two creates a difference in pitch, and Uh so an oscillation
2: between them creates vibrato. Approximately six per second, would you say? Five to seven. uh, There's an aesthetic. I personally don't agree with this aesthetic. I think it's a classical thing, maybe, which is fine. But I've been told a lot it's between five to seven oscillations per second. However, I can list people um, who I think have got slower and wider vibratos who are perfectly listenable too absolutely yeah. um and i think it's in the eye of the beholder right yeah
1: yeah so it's a stylistic thing i think so culturally as well yeah. and that um i mean just for anybody that really may not know what we, oscillations cricothyroid ta all this stuff was thrown out there the result is that little wobble on the end of a yeah. on the end of a line yeah. right just, oh. yeah. just as, so, as an just so audible, audible example yeah. yeah
2: expertly demonstrated
0: thanks yeah. very much beautiful yeah. yeah. So why, 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 in your thoughts, would you want vibrato?
2: Well, as I mentioned before, I think it warms the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it does have a harmonic activation. Um, for when you hear that sustained note, If the harmonics aren't properly stacked, then sometimes you get that impression that it's just slightly flat or it might be falling between the cracks of the notes in the piano, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, and in simple terms, we're talking like you can hear that in the tone. You
2: can hear it in the tone, yeah. And then by just activating the vibrato, sometimes there can just be a brightening of the sound, the tone fills out a little bit, and we get a much more accurate perception of pitch, I think, is the key. Right.
0: And you know, we were listening to a bit of Daryl Coley the other day. Yes, we were. And he kind of had the inversion of what you said. Mm -hmm. Like, it kind of brings people a bit sharper if they're flat, yeah. but when you're in that sort of really bright belt and you add that vibrato, mm-hmm. that's when you get that warmth on the bottom end, because yeah, yeah. Yeah. when you hit vibrato, quite often the larynx changes position, I feel, drops down
2: onto I the feel a, uh. relaxant, a relaxation, yes. So the best way I describe vibrato to my students who are struggling with vibrato is to try and think of the vowel sounds that you're going for. And this can be a little bit complicated, but essentially I talk about vowel fractions. So looking at a fraction, so three quarters, so you've got three over four. So if we were singing an E, for example, I always think of it as being an E over uh. Okay. So if I say E there's an uh tail at the end of it. Okay, give, I, give us a straight e, a straight e. Yeah, without, without no, any, without any depth uh. on it. Yeah, e. Yeah, yeah. E, really bright, yeah. Yeah. E. Yeah, so it's uh-huh. really quite squeezed. And as now well. with the uh? and with the e, with the uh? Yeah. E. Yeah. Okay, and then so I say to the students, what I want you to do is to try and think of sustaining the e sound, but pulsing the uh as the vibrato. So you get. E- 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 and for me, that sounds like at least that the E almost kind of carrying straight, and uh, 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 is it's underneath. And right. it's a
0: strange, it's a strange thing that like, training the ear to hear two different, two different resonances. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's yeah, strange. So, St- Steve, how do you teach it? Okay, so let's start. At the, let's start right at the bottom. For people that haven't, I think we're talking about people that don't have it. Don't have it, and yeah. that's hard. It's hard. Yeah, because if we consider. It, a physical, if it's a physical thing, which we suggested it is, overall, if we are not, if we never experienced that feeling, we've never experienced anything like that in our body, mm-hmm. then we need something to, I think it was Greg Enriquez back in the day once said, use the term, goose it up. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell that means, but um, it, it kind of makes sense. As in, if we need to change airflow to create a, a um, a physical response at chord level in order to get the brain thinking, okay, that's the kind of direction that we need to be working in here to create some freedom, to create some relaxation, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. then let's let's use it. Mm -hmm. Another thing is, we don't want to get slammed here for saying that and everyone's saying oh okay so this kind of okay that's how you teach vibrato and you are idiots because you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> that is just the start of some yeah. if somebody's on the, on the journey of learning vibrato you can use your hands just beneath your, your him, sternum yeah and just a little keep this keep a straight tone uh, and I'm just pressing in and out with my hands yeah. can you hold on to that without the fingers afterwards uh, uh, yeah. uh, and then you over time the neuromuscular will take over hopefully fingers crossed and you'll get some sort of natural quote-unquote vibrato coming yeah. underneath
0: because there is some confusion about where it's created and we're talking a lot just now about how it's created on the vocal cords at uh-huh. the chord level mm, yeah. and just because of the way air pressures work in the voice you can sometimes feel it kind of the feedback of it in the chest or in the abdomen yep. and like steve just pressed on his abdomen there to get some uh, 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 vibrato because that does That does give you an oscillation at the cord level, but Just it's not created
1: in the abdomen. And I think that's obvious. We just need to get a swing somehow, don't we? Yeah, that's obvious. If another another way to look at that is that if 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 things weren't right at cord level, as in strain or imbalances or breathy, yeah, then you're still going to struggle to do it. With your hands, you're going to struggle to get that that kind of sensation or 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 that feeling of pressure moving up and down. Look, because if you were to, you can't you can't even do that. Yeah, Yeah. which does show there is a relationship between the cords cloak coming together and the diaphragm and that pressure 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 in between. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so Mm. chicken for the egg really. But then
2: there was that whole neurological element that was mentioned limbic. Yeah, Yeah. the kind of whole you know. I mean, I know for a fact that working with with choirs and gospel choirs that I firmly believe that vibrato synchronizes across the choir, you know, and people start to synchronize the vibrato's and often in gospel we direct at the end of a phrase when we want the vibrato to occur and maybe it is that sense that okay we all need to do this now at this particular beat helps to drive that but you tend to get vibrato pulsing at the same oscillations when people are together in a choir. And that's really interesting as well because health research also suggests that people's heart rates synchronize when they sing in a choir as well. So there's, it's you know, mental. yeah it is, it's nuts, it's absolutely crackers but it's great at yeah. the same time mm-hmm. so it has such an effect on the body um, when you with a group of people like a de-individuation if you like and, but it actually has that
1: effect on things like your heartbeat and stuff like that so. I mean totally. if you if any gospel choir there is that very distinct, kind unique vibrato. Yeah, that kind of really
2: almost like wind vibrato. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is very different from the classical kind of more heady kind of vibrato, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah, I mean, going up the, the limbic system is a funny one because that, that is the system, by the way, in the in the nervous system, in the brain. By the way, I was say, we're in some sort of airfield. Because... We, we decided to do a podcast in a flight path. <laughs> <laughs> quite clearly. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is quite funny. Sorry about that. But yes, the limbic system is the part of the brain that um, that governs emotion, mm-hmm. and so quite often you get the natural vibrato in the voice, which is trembling and fear and things associated to fight or flight yeah. syndrome um, uh, responses or adrenaline. But then, looking at tools again for Darren or Darren, um, that we often use a cry, right? Yeah, yeah. To get that on the voice, as that sometimes does sort of mimic the situation in the body of what the limbic system governs yep. Go! and you often hear a much more pronounced vibrato mm. when someone cries on mm. it yeah and that can often get quite a quick result but again if, if breathiness is a problem like you mentioned mm. yeah the cry does bring a bit more compression to
2: the vocal cords. I can solve that problem yeah in, in in a heartbeat sometimes I sometimes think it's it's the people who struggle with activating vibrato are the most tense yeah. I think mm. vibrato needs to be quite a relaxed right. sensation. Um and I think if you're really rigid of the jaws forward, if the you know the, the um sternocleidomastoid muscles are poking out the side of the neck because 'cause they're straining, I don't think you are gonna get vibrato Mm-mm. in that situation. and it doesn't matter what you do, mm. if
1: you cry on that it's probably just gonna even tense up even yeah. further, you know. Which is why you can the understanding of the old school understanding of if you've got if you've in balance, Quote, unquote. then yeah <laughs> what does that even mean um if your if your voice is working efficiently you will you will find vibrato and the in the, in the old school like you can't teach it you understand you can understand that that thought process now can't you yeah it's like yeah as you said Ian, if, if you're if you're tense and tight it won't come but you can still do some things in order to um yeah. to to bring it on if if it if it isn't working in
0: the first yeah, place. Yeah. And then hopefully repeating those exercises will mean that vibrato becomes something within your control. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are like, uh like yeah. kind of a bleat to try and yeah. get it running, but you often feel that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take a step back and
2: slow and down. reevaluate yeah.
0: some of the bleating because that does compromise how your vocal cords work, doesn't
2: it? The great thing I think is that there's a wealth of material on this on YouTube. Yeah. There's loads and loads and loads of posts about vibrato, and some of them, you know, well, you know, they mightn't be the best, but some of them are really good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and well, we, you mean exercising? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exercises. Yeah. The people have discovered have worked in their own studios, and they've done some little videos just demonstrating those exercises. And you know, with a lot of things with singing, sometimes just one exercise that works great with one person yep. just doesn't work at all with yeah. another person. So I think that the same is going to apply to this as well. I think you've got to get that pulsing feeling however best you need to get it and so um, but don't do it in isolation because if you can't find a teacher to help you then there are loads and loads of resources online that can help you to find the problem Yeah
0: I mean this. he had mentioned actually about um, being either seeing something online oh. um, or being told it about the uh, about going to a semitone or a tone above the yeah. pitch which yeah. is and he, he seems to think that it doesn't work but um, it may just be the way he applies it because that's quite a common tool isn't it to yeah. take, a, take a note and sing a nah! right, and then yeah. you get a vibrato on the end. But that's normally for people who have vibrato, that's but it right. ends up being a bit consistent or under the pitch. Yeah, you feel. So there, I hope there's some stuff
2: in there mm. for Darren. But I think the ultimate thing, just as a final word, really, I guess, is that it's not the be all and end all. No, there are, especially singers. stylistically, right? Yeah, there are singers who don't have vibrato, um, and I think we can become really quite obsessive about it. Um, I think if you're singing musical theatre, if you're singing classical music, then it's a must. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think if you're singing pop, or any derivative of pop, you know, I think it's 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 a style choice.
1: Yeah, like it. True. Okay, Wicked. So what's next then? Eileen.
0: She's talking about mucus. Nice. Love a bit of that. Mm. Um, nice. As the vocal cords are composed of mucus membrane, that's true, and... I think she said she was a nurse, so she obviously knows her biz about this stuff. Um, it's safe to assume they produce mu- mucus. Apart from infection and reflux, what would cause an increase in production of this mucus and what could be done to reduce it? From Eileen,
2: what's your experience with that, Ian? Uh, well, I have um, allergic rhinitis, so I'm allergic to dust. I am something ridiculous, like 30 times more allergic to dust than the average person. Which is just outrageous. Why thirty times? Why? That's twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, fairly it's fairly extreme. It, isn't it is a bit extreme, isn't it? It's like someone dropped the ball there. I thought well, it's what? like kick me while I'm down. Yeah, exactly. right. yeah. We are so,
0: currently in a very on a on a, on a very dusty mountainside.
2: <laughs> is that all right? Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm fine. I'm dosed up to the eyeballs, so it's fine. So I have to take a, a um, antihistamine every day, and I have to take a course of steroid nasal spray every day just to keep me functioning. Right, and um, that
0: has adverse effects on your it mucus.
2: It does, yeah. Well, does it have adverse It's safe to say that I've been dosed up for so long because I don't have seasonal hay fever. I have allergic rhinitis, so it's all day, every day, because you can't escape dust. Yeah, yeah. So I can't remember the last period of time I have experienced where I didn't, I wasn't medicated. Yeah, mm. but I know that um, if I'm not medicated, so if my prescription kind of runs out, or so I forget a tablet, I start to feel it. I start to feel just like my nose starts to run a little bit, my eyes start to go a bit red and itchy, and uh, the post nasal drip starts. So I start to swallow back um, what my nose is producing.
0: Yeah, and it drips down onto your vocal cords.
2: It drips onto the vocal cords, and, and most importantly, um, like was mentioned earlier this week at one of our sessions, um, it doesn't stop when you go to sleep. Yeah, so when you're lying down flat, your body's still responding to the allergen um, and therefore you're still producing snot, you're lying down, it's dripping down the back of your throat, drips down onto your vocal cords, um, and Infl- then inflammation, yeah, and they get all gunky and, and horrible, and if if you've got an infection, then that's also going to drip down, so that, that, you know, I'm just talking about rhinitis, which is just an overproduction yeah. of the mucus, but if you've actually got a cold.
0: And, it's not, and, it, and that isn't actually the, the vocal cords or the mucous membrane on them themselves. Mucus from the nose, like you say, and, yeah. and letting it get out of control
2: will result in um, laryngitis. Yeah, and, and treat it. I mean, I, you know, I, I work with people on a regular basis who do not treat their allergies, and it's, it's ludicrous. Now, whether you want to go down the homeopathic route or whether you want to go down the, the, you know, getting some medication for it, whatever you choose to do, treat it because you are suffering unnecessarily and it's miserable it is fairly miserable and i don't know how people put up with it um, i guess if you're in a drier climate like we are at the moment then maybe it's not as prevalent but in the uk and when we're back there um, it's a little moist yeah so yes yeah, so, that worse yeah it's a great <laughs> word so uh, yeah so it it can cause a lot of problems yeah um and uh, the whole, um, what's it called, a nasal rinse.
0: Yeah, that's oh, a big yeah. one. Oh, yeah, an, and she said about neti pots neti as pot. well. I, I bought one and neti- never used it. Have you? Uh, oh God, Well, you it, did, she did say neti
2: pots. Well, she
1: would prefer not to use neti pots. I've got it's a syringe.
2: It's, an, it's made by the same company that do neti pots, and I got it on... Um, I bought it on a well-known website that sells everything for everybody. Started out selling books. Right. Um, and ah, uh, I know the one. Yeah. Um, Tesco. Oh no, that's it. No, we can't say brand names. Oh, um, that's how it works. Um, so yeah, so I bought that for like a fiver, and then I bought two boxes of ready-made salt and bicarb solution in little sachets, and it was that was also like a fiver, five pounds. Instead and of um, paying
1: fifteen for the for the solution that they sell, right?
2: Yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, yeah. you just make it yourself. Right. Yeah? yeah. And then you just put up the syringe and you do this over a sink. Over a sink. Yeah and then you squirt, insert the syringe into one nostril and you squirt it up and if you do it right, if you're at the right angle, it'll go all the way around and come out the other nostril Beautiful, Ugh. beautiful Yeah, occasionally if it doesn't, it'll come out your mouth and I have heard reports of it coming out of people's eyeballs before so. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah that, That's not good And uh, some of the advice from
1: uh,
0: Rina was to um, do it maybe an hour or two before you go to bed Yeah Because quite often there's some left up there which will just pour out of your face while you lay on your pillow mm. yeah which is not nice for your, you or your partner not really especially <laughs> especially that <you know>, no. <laughs> be absolutely disgusting yeah. she did say daily didn't she yeah daily she mm. did say daily Yeah, daily rinses if you yeah. can put yourself through it she said uh if you just get used to the feeling of drowning Yes. Mm.
2: Uh, waterboarding, I think, is what she actually said. Oh, oh did she? Oh, yeah. I thought she said drowning. Vaguely controversial. Yeah,
0: not, not a great experience for anyone, I would have thought, drowning. No, no, no. Um, So, yeah, there's that. There's the nasal
1: stuff. What about food? Food is massive, isn't it? Yeah. Food affects everything. I, d- I mean, uh, it's hard to not get close to the reflux, the reflux part of this yeah. when we consider food. <laughs> We've had a little bit of a journey with that, haven't we? Yeah. The reflux have, Yeah. There's um, some sauerkraut. Well, um, no, never, <laughs> never, again. <laughs> never again. What
0: eating sauerkraut to yeah. try and offset it? Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Isn't Grim. It? Grim. Steve loves it. don't I know. He? I do love it. Yeah. Well, I, well, I
2: struggle it. to believe that as truth. I think maybe he just is a bit more stubborn than I. <laughs>
0: Potentially. Yeah. Mind you, you haven't seen his dinners.
1: It, honestly, they are something else. I, okay. The level of, um, I think it's the level blandness, of bland ratio. That's what we're talking about here. So sauerkraut is just like a taste sensation. In comparison to the norm. <laughs> because it's all
0: acidic. It's all vinegary. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's great on a bloody great hot dog, isn't it?
2: Well, you know, I wouldn't, like go, there, <laughs> no? wouldn't oh. go there. Like an old bratty. If we did not go there. I've been completely averted to this. Never has a full jar of something, nearly full jar of something, been thrown in the bin in my house quite <laughs> as fast as that sauerkraut.
1: <laughs> so in case, in case anybody, just, just to wrap this up in a nutshell, um, it's been said, apparently, that... The gap, the sphincters, play a big role in reflux, and uh, and a specific sphincter though. That's the one, the esophageal. Yeah, and um, which lies, it obviously separates the stomach from the um, and the laryngeal. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. But w- when we're talking the gas that's building up in the stomach yeah. and and that that sphincter, the esophageal valve opening, um, it's the it's said that the gas buildup from eating a particular diet or particular way or particular foods will. Increase that and increase refluxes to escape up there, jump into the old windpipe and cause chaos in your uh, on your vocal cords. And it is it is relevant to mention acid because um, I've read that the body actually
2: produces mucus to counter the effects of acid on the vocal cords. Right, right. So you know it, I, these things are so closely related. Mm. It's really hard to target, pinpoint what the culprit is, especially yes. if you've got like acid reflux and you have hay fever. Oh blimey! Yeah, double know, hitter. What do you do? Yeah. yeah.
0: And, it, you know, mu- mucus as well, like I said, it rushes, it rushes to the area to protect the vocal cords from the acidic damage, yep. like balance out the pH. That's right. Um, but also in other, in other times when they've been damaged, it rushes there. So any, any kind of scuffs from bad technique, yep. mucus is going to form because yep. there's damage. Absolutely. Um, also uh, dryness and dehydration, damage from smoking and... Changing of climates and whatnot, yeah. you know, the, the body senses that it needs to increase the surface hydration in some way, mm-hmm. on the vocal cords, and yeah. so that's the body's response for doing it. So there's quite a lot of things, but a common one is whenever whenever someone gets scoped, it's like, oh, there's some mucus on the cords, and it's it's so often dehydration, isn't it? Yeah. And and dehydration, like uh, like we were talking to Karen yesterday, if you if you drink a lot of water at once, some people might consider themselves to be hydrated. It's got to be consistently, hasn't it? It's got to be, yeah, it's got to be small amounts throughout the day. The body just goes, whoa! The body goes, yeah, like, oh, if if I can get two litres of water every hour, because you just busted down two litres in five minutes, then then your body will upregulate the expulsion of water. You will pee more because it detects more in. But you could be peeing it out and not drinking it again, so it actually leaves you drier. Yeah. And, again, mucus forms on the cord
1: so you just got to look at the way you hydrate can help with that so i think in answer to ian's question what would cause an increase in production of this mucus aside from infection and reflux kind of covered it really haven't we yeah allergies. allergies. allergies reflux is
0: relevant acidity in general yeah and um yeah abuse of the vocal cords through irritants and or dryness yeah yeah i hope that was helpful now we've made this We've made this question up. Let's not lie about it. Let's not lie. But yeah, okay. we'll just say it. We'll just say it's from Dave.
2: Yeah, Dave from Cheltenham. We're sat, sat right next to the statue of the Virgin Mary, so we are. So you've got to be truthful. Maybe we shouldn't lie about this. Oh yeah,
0: good point. <sighs> okay, we made this one up. It's about tone deafness. It is. Uh, looking at you as well. It did. <laughs> um, I'm tone deaf. What can I do to help with this, if anything at all? And the only reason we made up this question. <laughs> was because Ian has done a master's in this particular subject which, and so we would like to have heard more about it. So let's talk about tone deafness. Yeah, if let's. someone says, I'm tone deaf, you can't possibly teach me.
2: Mm-hmm. Where, where were we at with that? What, what, what was your conclusion? Well, um, we hear that a lot. Um, people will often claim that they're tone deaf um, and it's kind of hard to sometimes ascertain what people mean by that um, but if we take the most common kind of assumption that people couldn't carry a tune in a bucket then yeah it's it's um, it's difficult um, because I think and the research suggests that this is a psychological thing so in the research that I conducted for the MA um, I discovered a condition called amusia which is a clinical tone deafness. So it's like a a genetic tone deafness. Um, There are lots of, um, just to cut it down a bit, a lot of fancy neurons in the brain that seem to be missing or not firing in the right directions. Um, There's a centre in Montreal, in Quebec, in Canada, uh, called Brahms, who are doing research into the brain and music. And that's uh, at Brahms.org. How do you spell that? dot org and um, and the research they're doing is fascinating, and it's not it's not new research really. It's been going on for a while, um, but they've concluded that um, roughly four percent of the population has a congenital tone deafness, and that's a lot. It's one in twenty five people when you think about it. Um, but the flip side is is that a whopping ninety six percent of the population that people can actually sing. We're built to yes. sing, yeah. Um, and so um, my research started really from a point of view is like, can I? encourage or help people who claim self-proclaim which was important self-proclaim themselves to be tone deaf can i get them
1: to sing to see whether it's more of a psychological thing right well
2: initially it was just a question it was just can we get them to sing um and so i went about trying to find a select group of people which is really difficult because people who consider themselves to be tone deaf aren't particularly confident in their tone deafness and therefore don't want to share it yeah, yeah. so I'm a voice teacher so they don't really want to sing and expose themselves in that yeah. way to me but anyway needless to say I found a team of eight people um, of, of different ages different backgrounds quite a few of them are actually working in some way related to Performing Arts which is quite interesting as well wow. which I'll come to in a minute um, so there was like a music manager um, people who were like a community drama kind of thing. So people who, they, they they were a good sample to have because they because they worked closely within performing arts. To so them, not being able to sing was something of a handicap. Mm. And therefore they wanted to explore that. So that was great. So I took these guys and um, started working with them. Um, and, and we got them to sing in tune, like really, really, I say we, I did. I got them to sing in tune really quickly very quickly. Now, um, you know, we're not under the illusion that any of them might go on to become the next Beyonce Knowles or anything like that, but they were able to carry a tune Um, and it was very emotional and some of them were were very emotionally overcome by the fact that they could actually Mm. sing and that someone was telling them they could sing. So that led me to kind of think, well, you know, what's going on here? So I did all the research into Amusia, looked at the 4% of people who are um, congenitally tone deaf, there is, for anyone who's wondering whether they are, are, actually have amusia, there's an online test which can be found at the Brahms.org website which is, is, is quite um, comprehensive and can give you an indication as to whether you may actually suffer from a musia. Um, But. There's some little key triggers as well that went along with it, is that a lot of people who were found to suffer with a musia yeah, didn't tend to like music in general because their brain couldn't really process music in the same way, so it was all just a bit of a noise. Right. So music generally was something that they probably wouldn't opt into anyway. Mm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a
0: decoding thing, is it? Yeah. But the brain just hears that That's right. mesh of sound and yeah. do- doesn't really decode doesn't, it. Doesn't really way. want
2: to deal with it. So, 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 the, so them not being able to sing, you could hypothesize, wasn't a particular hardship because they weren't really invested in sure. music in the first place. Okay? And there were exceptions to that rule, of course. Um, but, and, and also research can be a little sketchy because we all learn to speak and we learn to speak by mimicry and there are accents and languages on the planet where pitch changes the meaning of a word or a sentence and of course as language speakers and users we translate as we talk anyway and we 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 don't listen to words we listen to sentences in context so even if you were a little bit off in pitch I'm sure you could still muddle through you know um so it's I think it can be quite hard initially to find people who have a musea but anyway needless to say I put my guys through the testing and none of them had a musea in fact one of the um participants who'd been raised in a deaf household so both her parents were deaf and her and her brother were actually uh, they had, they could hear um, but she grew up in a, in a quite a silent house with a lot of signing um, and when she took the test she scored higher than every single musician in my control group Ooh, on the test so her musical ear was off the charts wow. um, and as soon as we got her singing and it was very much about creating safe space um, initially I got these guys in the room and we did some lectures and it was very much about this is what the larynx does this is what it is it's that airplane? Yeah. No? Um, that's um. a that helicopter? Fantastic. How rude. Yeah.
0: Mid flow. There's a boy. That's probably someone very, very rich. So that was. That was um, Above our exact location. Yeah. Not, not even flying near, but straight straight, straight over overhead. overhead. Yeah. yeah. So so, I knew this was a bad
1: idea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: anyway, yes, so yeah, where
2: were you? So I yeah, she, she scored off the charts. Off the charts. And, but yeah, essentially, before we did one-to-one with them, we got a safe space together, and we, and we got them using straws. Right. So because they didn't want to sing in front of each other, obviously, uh, why would they? Um, we got them using straws, and so we got them just making simple five-tone major scale. uh, through the straws, every single one of them just locked straight into the the tune, straight away, without any problem whatsoever Um, and then we started the one-to-ones and they all had like a target song they wanted to sing and so we sang it and it was fine and some of these people were just deliriously happy that they were singing and they were starting to incorporate into their lives Um, and so that's when I started to think well what is it then what's going on, why did these people opt out because that's what's happened. They've opted out of singing. And there's cultural precedent. I mean, we look at like singing in society generally, and I think in the Western world, we've, we've made it elite. We've made it something that's a spectator sport. It's not a participatory experience. Whereas you go to some other cultures, like mm. there was um, I, f- I forget the exact name of it, um, a Nigerian tribe where um, the words, um, uh, the word tone deaf didn't exist. The concept of it didn't exist. Right. So people sang. It's what they did. Um, and so we've opted out of that. And as we've seen a decline in things like church attendance and things like that, assemblies and schools, the, the actual opportunity for people to come together and sing is declining generation by generation by generation. And then throw in a healthy dose of The Voice and American Idol or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And mm. suddenly we've got this spectator sport, which people watch and don't participate in that isn't what I do I yeah appreciate. and it's a real shame because there are that you you could if you google singing health benefits you know there's reams there's apps you know it's this is not an untapped subject there are people who are writing and writing and writing about this all the time there's studies of people who work with um, chronic pulmonary disease um where they t- in a hospital in London they took a con- two control groups of people who were like you know literally like on on oxygen um and one group re- went in a room did origami for the day and the other group went to a room and did singing, however labored that was be. And they, they didn't, you know, obviously there wasn't any physical changes to the disease, but the mental health benefits for the group who sang were, were really, really way up, you know, the yeah. sense of community that was achieved. And there was another um, really startling statistic that I read about um, just after uh, the 9-11 tragedy in Manhattan uh, back in 2001 was it? Um, and how on the island itself, attendance and the formation of choirs went up by 150% directly wow. after that. Um, and one hypothesis that was that people who were actually there on the island and witnessed that atrocity um, had to have an outpouring. They had to have some emotional way of, of describing, or not even describing, just outpouring what they felt. And singing was the one thing. I imagine people played a lot of sport as well. Mm. You know what I mean, it found a way to work it off, yeah, but singing was one thing that noticeably just went through the roof, you know because that's how people felt community um so uh, you know why don't why have these people opted out so it came down to um every single one of them could recount with absolute clarity a childhood incident in which they'd been publicly humiliated for singing right um and it was a primary school incident, they could tell you the teacher's name, they could tell you. You know, little Johnny was standing next to him, what their surname was and what they were wearing and what they'd eaten that day. So 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 vivid is the memory of this public humiliation for singing. One of my one of the guys was actually told to stand up in front of the whole school and sing because the teacher didn't think that he was trying hard enough when the whole school was singing. So singing suddenly becomes punitive. It becomes something that is embarrassing and humiliating, yeah? And so that that's the damage that's being done, mm. and and it gets carried around, and people carry this around the whole adult life, and they don't get involved. And another one of the um, the participants is um, a Liverpool football club season ticket holder, so he goes to the match all the time. And I said to him, so "You, you know, you've never sung, you 'You'll Never Walk Alone' in the stands," and he's like, "Well," he said first, he said, "I'm not in that end of the ground," he said, "but you know, it does. You know, we do all, everyone does start singing, and I don't." And, and just thinking about that, you know, if you're that—that's like a de-individuation event, when um, a mass emotion sweeps over a crowd. So your team's doing really well, you're all up on your feet, you start singing the team's anthem, yeah, you know. To resist that de-individuation, I believe you must have a particularly high level of stress in your body to resist going with that. Sure. Right. So you're going to a footy game because it's what you love to do, yeah and it's how you de-stress, or it's how you spend your spare time, and yet your cortisol levels must be through the roof because you're resisting this de-individuated urge mm. to join in the singing, you know? Yeah. So um, he he came to me at, at the end of it, and he's like, I sang You'll Never Walk Around the match the other day, and I was like, oh, fantastic, how did you feel? he feel? He's like, oh, yeah, it was all right, you know? I mean, because the fear of being judged in that instance didn't happen. You know, he wasn't judged, because everyone's singing You'll Never Walk yeah. Around. You know? um, and the, the most interesting fear that arose out of it out of this was that every single one of these these people had a really uh, bizarre fear of the public singing of Happy Birthday. Right. Um you know to the point where people would make sure they weren't in the room. You, know. just, you can be
0: really exposed in yeah, that situation kind it's you know, just a few of you, like five round yeah, a table. Yeah
2: totally. Oh yeah. gosh, no, no, you don't sing it. Yes, yeah, no, we'll sing it. I can imagine. Yeah. So um so people would mime it. People would like kind of try and see if a cake was about to be brought in the room so that they could go out. So again, your stress level's through the roof because you're at a birthday party and you know that at some stage you're going to be called upon to sing.
1: That's interesting though, isn't it? That uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure most people think that. And I think, actually, as a singing teacher as well and, and or singer, when that situation arises, happy birthday, it's like someone's going to be listening for my harmony. Do you find that sometimes, like, I've got to, to pull out an awesome harmony on this happy birthday, otherwise mm, everyone to nice. be listening and they won't think I'm any good. But the point is, everyone's thinking they're out of their own yeah. singing voice, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. 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 Um,
2: but, you know, that's, a, that's it's so, a shame. But, I mean, essentially, w- what it boiled down to the research was that I, I believe that there is a fear of singing. Yeah. Um, and I had to go and find out what that was called, and I couldn't find a name for it, so I had to make up a name. So I wow. found the Greek word to sing, which was ADO. Um, I stuck phobia on the end and I got adaphobia. And so that's what I think people suffer from, is adaphobia. Nice.
0: Coined adaphobia, yeah. slash, dash, Ian Davidson. Yeah. And so the next Best part of the research,
2: is. if it does happen, uh, because I don't think my wife's going to let me do a PhD at the moment, um, would be how mm. debilitating is it and what would be a therapy for it?
1: Right. Mm. Right. But So it's, it's, it's limiting limiting beliefs that can be formed from mainly abuse and yeah yeah it's uh essentially yeah. how many people do you know that live their, their life like that it's, it's insane isn't it and, and equally you do so much choir work and i and what we'll, yeah. we all do and and um how many people say at the end of it i'm just so pleased i did that or yeah i can't believe now i mean it's one of the questions i ask when, when i do the when i do the mental health workshops and things one of the first questions i ask is like in a roundabout way who considers themselves to be a quote-unquote singer at the yeah. start yeah No hands. No, because they think you're going to say, oh, go on then, give us a tune. Sure, yeah. (laughs) And then at the end, when everyone's going crazy for it, and they've had such such an uplifting time, everyone's like, yeah, I'm definitely a singer.
2: Yeah.
1: Funny what you said at the start. I I, I thought about what you said at the start with the straw. Yes. And the... The almighty straw. The almighty straw. And the fact that... Is that because they're forced into a singing want of a better explanation singing mode but um what i mean by that is that if you if i've had a a kind of novice singer so not a tone deaf person in Uh in the studio i find one of the one of the first things is their attitude to accepting what singers do because what singers do is almost like even let's talk about mouth shapes so they they kind of maintain this kind of spoken mouth shape yeah. because that's normal to them yeah as opposed to going accepting a- that a bit, yeah. singers have to move their ma- jaws a bit more yeah, yeah, yeah. have to push a little forward whatever it is and as soon as they go oh okay uh i can push my lips forward or i can move my jaw a bit more because now i'm a singer yeah. or that's what singers do yeah. you get some progression but right yeah. at the start it's that it's that i'm just i, I this is so unnatural to me I'm, i don't want to get involved and so no, the straw crunch, anyway yeah so this straw almost just like forces you into a singing mode. Well, it can, think? yeah,
2: definitely. And I think that um, the other thing it does is that it proves to them how in tune their ear is. Because um, these people they, it, these people knew that they were singing out of tune. Right. Which means that they must have some sense of development in the musicality to identify that they're singing off pitch. Uh, the the, the, yeah. regular, the regulator of the whole system... Yeah. Is working, it's working which perfectly. means that it, yeah, yeah, can be corrected exactly. And I would say to them, like you know, um, do a mic take of your own accent, right? So, so I don't know how we're going to translate mic take. Um, uh, take. Should we just say take the piss? Take the piss out your. Own Sorry, accent.
0: guys, right. we'll put an We'll put an explicit sign on the on the, yeah, on the, on. the podcast just so you can be aware.
2: Because we can all do it. So I say to these guys, you know, do 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 the the lowest common denominator of your regional accent. And instantly in Liverpool they go, alright, you know what I mean, and, it's like, and everything goes up and things get a bit whinier. And so they're already demonstrating an incredible facility that they know how to manipulate this instrument. And they do, they've been experts at this since they were three years old. So all we're doing is tweaking their thinking into how they can just progress to the next level of making sound. Yeah. And all we do is make noise, and the straw is a great facilitator of making noise. So when we actually get that down there, at the end of the day... If you blow through a straw, if you two blew through a straw no and I did, and we asked someone to try and guess which one of us it was blowing through the mm. straw, there's not enough acoustic information there to discern whether it was me, Steve, or Chris. And it,
0: so it creates a really quiet sound. And really quiet sound. I can't, can't safe, identify. Yeah, safe space. Yeah, and, and as well, underneath that, it does put the vocal cords in such a happy position it that does, yeah. it will increase your chances of a good note. Yeah,
2: definitely. Ten times more, mm. won't it? Yeah, and so the ear kicks in. So, I play the scale, da, 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 da. and they kick into it and they lock into it. So, the next, what we did essentially when we went to the one to one sessions was we did everything for the straw in the first session. Mm. So, we sang happy birthday through a straw in the first session. We did everything to prove that this was working within them and that everything else now was just a progress, it was just an opening up of that resonance. So, the pitch was established. Um, and once they realized that, then we were away.
1: Great, beautiful and that was it so would you suggest any people that think they're tone deaf or even the the people that say oh no my singers my mum can't sing she's tone deaf yeah you hear that a lot don't you yeah you do how about for a a birthday present give them a straw
2: give them a straw or get a singing lesson yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: good shout funny enough linking that to you in case anyone does want to get in touch absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Man, just
2: what what are your deets? Well, my website is balanceyourvoice.com. Uh, my email address is ian at balanceyourvoice.com. ian at balanceyourvoice.com. Can people reach out to you if they, they want can. to talk to you? They absolutely can. Okay. Um, and I will reply to them. Um, and yeah, um, you know, it's a fascinating topic. So um, I've, I've become quite passionate about it by accident. Because I really didn't think I'd get into it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. i like, I want to work with singers, I don't want to work with people who can't sing. Mm. And, and in the end, you, I
0: get, you started out that project probably with a thought that this might be some kind of technical and or hearing problem. Yeah. And it, and it led doesn't... you down the path of psychology. Yeah, which is like, Which oh, is another accident. <laughs> yeah, crap. I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> but I might do, but I don't right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was really great. I hope you guys got a lot, a lot out of it. In terms of vibrato, mucus, mucus. snot, yeah, phlegm, um, and fear—all useful stuff. Yeah. So we have to thank Ian for being with us. Thank you. Give it's us an honour. High five. Not really a hardship here though, is it? Don't, do, so it hard. don't, don't do a high-five too hard, because you might push them off the back of the yeah, canyon. <laughs> we also don't want... That's the end of
2: my research right there then. <laughs> we <We'll> take <laughs> it on, don't worry, <laughs> we know all about it now. There'll be tone-deaf people everywhere just yeah. lost.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Adophobics.
2: Adophobics everywhere, just wondering <laughs> what to do now.
1: So we better go and lay in the sun, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and, and, you know, more importantly, support
0: the students. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Because <laughs> we are fun. at the camp, aren't we? Do you remember? Yeah, that's your thing. Do you remember where we are? What time's our workshop? That we're working. 4, 4.30, it's half three, we're all right. Oh yeah, laughing. So, and, and by the way, anybody looking to uh, develop their career in uh, in whatever part of music, come to Vocalise You Summer Camp, right? Absolutely. VocalizeU.com? Yeah, it's the Dog's Pods. Dog's Pods. You've it's... swapped it out for... A a more radio friendly soft, word, thank yeah, you, <laughs> vocalise yeah. you summer camps, great, we're here, the sun is shining, everyone's singing everywhere, it's perfect, so Amazing. Sing- thanks for joining us people, little singing bubble. It is a little singing bubble in the Santa
1: Monica mountains. Thank you and good night. Good night. Bish bash bosh, there it is. Ian, gone. Done. Not for the
0: last time. Definitely not, we've had an invite from him extended to us to uh, Barcelona. Um, to go and record another podcast with him. Isn't that just brilliant? Isn't it great in the sunshine? We may have had some wine during that one.
1: What do you reckon? I reckon so. Um, Well, to be honest with you, probably for the 45 minutes that we we spent, probably actually two hours we spent recording that podcast, will be the only professional side of that trip. (laughs) I reckon. And the
0: rest of it will be fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Fun. The rest of it will be fun. <laughs> what is I don't know. I don't know why. Um, but our next show is with. Oh. I can't believe. Our, I can't believe we managed this one. Yeah, it's incredible. The Scott Allen one. I couldn't believe we managed that one as well. And in fact, we could probably thank the same person for both of those. Mm-hmm. I can't indeed. believe
1: we managed the Ian Davidson one as well.
0: Oh, you've gone and done it. Thank yeah. you. Well done. Are you trying to? No, she's thinking. me listen listening to Stefan- this one. Definitely You're definitely going to get stuff out of him, though, aren't you?
1: Definitely listen to this one, won't you? What, what and so you, will what, his family. So we better a big that Try him and up do one up on me as well. During this then, one. Because you want him to like so you more. So that they hear us talking about him.
0: Unbelievable. And that's. Right, anyway. Um, our next show is with Ingo Ingo Tietze. And that's... Is, he's only got Ingo once in his name.
1: <laughs> what is going
0: on? <laughs> I don't know why I said it twice. It's not Ingo Ingotise. Doctor Ingo <laughs> Ingotise, who is probably the biggest voice scientist in the in the world, isn't he? In the universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, bar none. Uh, if you have been fairly serious about singing, if you have researched anything about voice and read a bunch of books with any scientific research, chances are you would have seen a, a reference to Ingo Tietze in that book, right?
1: Yeah. so and, many. and also, what does that mean for all the singers out there? It means that well, any vocal myth that's kicking around out there, that could be about vocal cords, that could be about resonance, that can be about anything. We've got first dibs on information from him and there's loads packed into that podcast, honestly. If you're a singer and you want to know some stuff, that's the one to listen to.
0: That's it. So get your geek on for next time. Two weeks' time, we'll bring you that. It's going to be a great show,
1: so tune in. Ciao for now. Goodbye.